0: a mitzvah or two from the book of the Rambam each day. Some of us study three chapters of Rambam, which means we conclude the entire Mishnah Torah in the course of approximately 11 months. And some of us study a little bit of the mitzvahs that correspond to the Rambam that we're learning. So we're going into a new day, and the Rambam that we will be studying is chapters 7, 8, and 9 of the laws of Malva V'Leveh, the laws of loans, giving loans. Giving loans is a mitzvah, as we learned yesterday. In fact, The Rambam maintains that giving a loan to somebody who needs it is even more important and praiseworthy than somebody who gives tzedakah, which means a handout to somebody who needs it. And the reason is that it's all about preserving somebody else's dignity rather than how much you gave or the sacrifice you made. When you give somebody a loan, the person's dignity is intact. Rich people take loans too. When you have to give him a handout, he's a schnurr. Nobody likes to feel like a schnur. So... There's, there's there's halachas that govern not only the mitzvah of giving a loan, but halachas that surround this area of giving a loan. There's also a, a difference between giving a loan to a fellow Jew, who we're supposed to treat as a member of our family, somebody who's not a Jewish, somebody who's a Gentile, as we learned yesterday. And that brings us into the next detail in loans. When you give a loan, you'd like to know that you're going to get paid back. So, so what do you do? What does the person who's giving the loan do to ensure that the money he gave is coming back to where it came from? The answer is one of two things. Either you take somebody who's a guarantor, that's called in Hebrew an arev, and the arev says, if he won't pay, take uh, take it to me, I'm going to take care of it. And you know that the arev is somebody who's wealthy and is a person of means, so therefore you're at rest, you have somebody who's signing on, who's going to back up the loan. Another method is where we have collateral. Most of us are familiar with this. You want a loan from the bank. If you have a home, if you have a property, if you have uh, something else that's a value that you cannot right now liquefy, or you don't want to liquidate it right now, you want to hold on to it, so Mm -hmm. you can put it up as collateral. And then, of course, if you don't pay a loan, so then the bank or the individual can take your property, your boat, your car, and so on and so forth. I should add to you that in Judaism, in Torah, there is no such thing as chapter 11. I mean, there are many chapter 11s throughout the Bible, but... (laughs) There's no idea that, well, I I took a loan and now I'm not paying you back because I don't have the money. There's no such thing. You're obligated to pay the loan back. In fact, it's a mitzvah to pay the loan back. It's a mitzvah like putting on film. It's a mitzvah like eating matzah the night of Pesach. It's a mitzvah if you took a loan to repay the loan to the person from whom you took that loan. Now, with regard to collateral, we have a, a special mitzvah. And that is, if at the time of giving the loan... So we have, let's say, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven has money. Shimon needs money. So Shimon comes to Reuven and he says, Reuven, I'm in desperate shape. I need some money. I have to get my business just over the edge. I need another $50,000. Give me three months and everything's going to be fine. Shimon is a wonderful Jew. He has a big heart. Reuven says, no problem, Shimon. I just need to know that I'm getting my money back. So $50,000 for some of us is a lot of money. Can you, can you give me something as collateral surety? And Shimon says, you know, it's funny, you should ask. I have this family heirloom. It's extremely, extremely uh, valuable. It's worth about $50,000. If you want to take this, this, this uh, set of silver in China, no problem. It's, it's very, very special to me. As long as you promise to watch it, you can hold on to that. And that way, you know you're getting your money back. It's a pretty good deal, right? So he gave his money. Now he has collateral. He takes it to his local uh, experts. And says, yeah, it's worth $50,000. No problem. The problem is, when Reuven says to Shimon, sure, sure, no problem, here's the loan. Two weeks later, Sh- Reuven meets Levi. And they're in conversation, they're sitting at a bar mitzvah and they're talking. And Reuven says, you know, I'm out $50,000. He says, really, who'd you give it to? To Shimon. And Levi says, oy vey, you gave it to Shimon? Shimon always takes loans, but doesn't always pay them back. And Reuven hears this and his kishka starts turning. He says, uh-oh, how am I getting my money back? So he comes over to Shimon and he says, Shimon, you know that loan I gave you? Oh yeah, sure, don't worry about it. Well, I I am actually a little worried. I wonder if you can give me collateral. And and, uh, Shimon says, what do you need collateral for? I'm an honest guy. I'm going to give you money back. Nothing to worry about. And Ruben says, I'm not so sure that that's the case and I want collateral. So he's going to force his way into Shimon's property to get collateral. He's going to take, take a few things that will guarantee that he gets his money back. Here's where the mitzvah comes into play. Mitzvah number 239 in the system of the Rambam is the Torah's warning, You cannot do this on your own. You cannot decide, since I know that he owes me money, so uh, I'm just going to confiscate things that belong to him. I happen to know where he has certain artifacts that, are, that belong to him, that are available for me, and I'm just going to go and take them. You're not allowed to do that. So how do you get collateral? The answer is you have to go through the court system. The kudus You have to go before a Bethan. You have to explain the situation to the judge. You have to tell the judge, I'm entitled, it's my money. I deserve to receive some kind of collateral. The judge will say, "That, that sounds right, that's correct. So the judge then will send a shliach, an emissary, an agent from the court, and he will be the one to take the collateral. We, the Raman tells us, on our own, are never permitted to enter the home of the person who owns that money, Baal forcing him to take the collateral. This is clearly and explicitly articulated in the Torah, in the book of Deuteronomy, Khumish Devarim, chapter 24, verse 10, Chavdalad Yud. The Torah says, Lo tavo el avot avoto. You will not come to his home. You will not enter his property. You will not trespass and forcibly take this collateral. The Mishnah in Bava Metziah, chapter nine, the thirteenth Mishnah puts it a little bit differently, and this is the language of the Mishnah. Hamalva et one who gives a loan to his fellow. Lo bebeit din. He may not take collateral without the system or invoking the, the, the mechanism of the court. <inaudible> he should not go into his house. <inaudible> to take this collateral, as it is written in the Torah, and this is a, a few psukim ahead of what we just read before, in fact, the next Pasuk. It says, <inaudible> You'll stand outside. You cannot go into his property. Interestingly enough, even the Bethan can't go into his property. You're never allowed to trespass, according to the Torah. The notion, I get a search warrant, I'm going to take collateral. The guy says, I have nothing. Oh, we don't believe you. I'm bringing the police, and we're going to kick your door down if you don't open for us, and we're going to look for things. Well, that's not the case. Even the courts have to remain outside. And that's because a person's privacy has to be protected. So we have two levels here. Number one, the person who's owed the money does not have the right to go and demand the money. I mean, he could demand it from today till tomorrow. If, 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 if Shimon gives it to Ruben, he's, he's in, in good shape. If Shimon says, I'm not interested in giving you collateral, Reuven cannot force him to do so. Rather, he has to utilize the system of the courts, the Beth Din. And even when the Beth Din comes, they don't have the right to enter at will. They have to stand outside and they have to say, in the name of the law, we uh, request and, and order you to give collateral to Mr. Reuven over here. Now this mitzvah like many mitzvot like many negative mitzvot is connected to a positive mitzvah because mitzvot that the Torah prohibits us from doing gives us instructions where the damage can be undone the Torah will oftentimes then give us a positive mitzvah that accompanies the negative mitzvah and that's called a lav which is nitak lasei that's the language of the Talmud it means a negative commandment which is attached to a positive commandment as the Torah says in the thirteenth verse of the very same chapter, tashiv lo et you will surely return that collateral to him. Which means, if you took the collateral illegally, which means you didn't go to the courts, you simply watched Shimon pull up to show with his fancy mo- uh, b- uh, motorbike or his motorcycle, which is very valuable, and then as soon as he walked in, you had your friends come and jimmy up the key over there, and you drove off with the motorcycle. And the shimon came in an hour later. And he said, "Where's my bike?" And somebody said, "Oh, your bike, Ruven took it. It's in Ruvain's garage. When you pay him back, that's when you're going to get the bike back." So Ruven did something wrong. The truth is, you can't blame Ruven. He feels he's very worried about his money. That's fine, but you're still not allowed to do what you did. Can't take law in your own hands. So what do we do with this negative mitzvah? Ruvain violated mitzvah number 239. What do we do now? The answer is, now comes a positive mitzvah of hashev tashiv that you have to return it, which happens to be the 199th positive mitzvah. The kach nizbair b'pedek acharein b'gimorah Makis, so is explained in the final chapter of a, of a tractate known as makot. Makot is a tractate that talks about people who are deemed to res, to deser, deserving of receiving lashes. So if you violate a negative mitzvah of the Torah, in certain circumstances, you get a set of lashes. Many people think that sounds inhumane. But they, for some reason it's more humane to lock up a person like a, like a gerbil or like a rat, lock him up for 20 years. And the Torah say no. You give him a good beating. And next time he'll think three times before he does the thing wrong. The beating takes 15 minutes. It'll take him two months to recover. And now his mind is uh, where it's supposed to be. Instead you locked him up like a rat. He became mentally ill because of it. He learned from all the criminals how to be a bigger criminal. And it wasn't that much more humane. It, just, it feels better for you, but it's not actually better. The, court, the prison system is not as fantastic as everybody thinks it is. So, the Torah says in certain situations, you violate a mitzvah, you get beatings. That's it, you get makot. How uh, much makot and so on and so forth, this is a whole series of halachas. However, there's one kind of negative mitzvah you never get a beating for. And that's the one you can undo. You do damage, undo the damage. As soon as you undo the damage, then you don't get the makot anymore. So therefore, this is one of the things the Gemara talks about that violating mitzvah resh lametaz mitzvah 239 does not, in fact, earn you a set of lashes because you have the opportunity to undo that. da. the Rambam finishes by saying you should know sheim lo if he doesn't return it velo he didn't fulfill the positive mitzvah which we mentioned as number 199 chayev Malkut, then he is obligated to receive lashes. In other words, you're not obligated to receive lashes for as long as the item is still returnable. The moment it's no longer returnable, let's say the item is lost or the person dies, so then a person would receive lashes, as is explained, in that very same place in the Gemara in the Talmud. Over there, it's also, this mitzvah also explained in the ninth chapter of Mesechet Bava Metzia. The Sefer HaChinuch tells us, with regard to the, this mitzvah and, and, and a number of others that are collected, connected to it. Mitzvah, like you're not allowed to take collateral from a widow. Ever. And you're not allowed to take collateral if it's something which is used for, for somebody's foodstuff. If that's how he prepares his meals. You're not allowed to take that kind of collateral. It's, it's KitchenAid and so on and so forth. So the Sefer HaChinuch simply says, "Shorish mitzvazu, the origin, the root source the rationale behind this mitzvah, Yodua, is well known. Shehuletikon haolam, that this is to combat what we call anarchy and that the world should be a normal place, a place of justice and a place of decency. This is tzoruch Yeshuvo. Laws like this, mitzvah like this, necessarily allow us to function properly and to live in a decent, moral and peaceful society. So that concludes today's mitzvah. And now you again,